This is Beautiful Church, a podcast where we hear about how God is putting hope and courage into his church in a time when it feels like everything else is falling apart. Well, welcome to the Beautiful Church Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hensley. I'm Sarah McNulty. And here we are. Here we are. Spring is here. It is. How are you feeling with spring? Do you got allergies? Uh, I do have allergies, but you know what? Nothing compares to the fact that like everything is in bloom in the middle of April. I know. And it's making me so happy. It is. Ugh. I mean, it is 77 degrees outside today. Yeah. So I grew, not grew up, I grew up in Arizona. It was way hotter. But uh, I lived for eight years pastoring in upstate New York. And upstate New York, like where we were at, is like... You're still snowing. It's like 20 minutes from Toronto. Like you're still got snow in yeah, April. Yeah. Like you have snow on Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it you can't really the theme out there is don't, you know, don't put away your shovel and your salt and your gear until after Mother's Day. That's yeah. kind of like the now you're probably safe. And then mid-May to late May is like, oh, things are blooming, you know, and yeah, April showers bring May, May flowers. flowers. Yeah, yeah but I never understood here. that till I was there, but then but but April was always the worst month because you're like spring should be here right. now. Why isn't it here? It's awesome. And I remember, but not here. We get allergies here uh, yeah, in April. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome because it, f- spring comes when I feel like it should come. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hey. I needed this. Move to Kansas City. Oh, there you go. You know? A nice a little ad uh, for Kansas City. Move to Kansas City. Get some barbecue. Good barbecue. Yeah. Get some, uh, you know, watch the Chiefs. Become a Chiefs fan. Never has it been a better time to become a Chiefs fan no. than like right now. You know, there's so many people around the, around the United States that love the Chiefs now. So just yeah. move to our city. Yeah, come here, hang out with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he, he'll he'll be by later. Yeah, he's he's not going to no, be yeah, just he's for not those literal be. people. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey comes over all the time. Yeah. He's in the prayer room every day. Not at no, all. No, that's not true. Don't, don't. Um, so today we have a really good interview. With? Uh, my One of my good friends, his name is Pastor Doug Gerasic. Yeah, not, not Jurassic. Jurassic. Uh, Doug Gerasic at um, Rust City Church in Youngstown, Ohio. Yes. And he has a phrase, him and his wife, uh, that Y Town is my town. And they have really done an amazing job of just laying down their lives for the people in Youngstown. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Youngstown is close yeah. to where I grew up, and so there's like all sorts of songs about it. You know, yeah. so it's actually a great place to go. It's a, it's a phenomenal place to go. I think it's beautiful. I don't know. I've never been there. No, I have several oh. times. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. You know, it's funny is I always think of Iowa or Iowa, <laughs> Ohio, because. Uh, um, I always think of it just flat because some parts you drive through and it's just kind of like driving through Illinois. Yeah, but not on the east but, side. But on the east side, it's really hilly and Very. beautiful. Yeah, people think about that with Pennsylvania too, but no, yeah. not on that side. Yeah, there's tons of hills. There's tons of hills. It's really pretty. It's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I love that part wow. of, of our country. So uh, here is this interview. You're, uh, you're going to be blessed by this conversation. And Doug is just a funny, happy... Just it was a, really fun to yeah, talk. <laughs> it was a really fun Lots conversation. Lots of laughs. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So let's see. Yeah. And we are talking to Doug. Douglas Grassic. Doug Grassic. I've never ever called you Douglas in your entire life, but that's okay. But Do you I prefer Douglas? Just today. Is he offending you every time no, he talks he to you? No, he doesn't. Oh, okay, I don't okay. think so. Doug? He doesn't Do know. You... He wouldn't ask. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> So uh, I've known Doug for a really long time. Uh, we met uh, playing this very holy, very spiritual, very amazing community called Fantasy Football. You know, this is good. <laughs> this is I love fantasy football, but there is a question that I have always had. Yes. And it's for you, um, I guess. <laughs> not for him. Is Zach actually good at well, fantasy Zach, football? 
I would say that Zach has great years and maybe not so great years, but you do need to tell everyone, Zach, for the world. This yeah. year. Sarah teed this up perfectly. Fantasy football champion. So this year, Doug is presently our fantasy football champion. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, okay. Have you ever beat Doug? Uh, yeah, I've beat Doug. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. He's saying no. You're saying Not yes. in the playoff. I don't think it, no, maybe. I don't know. You I know don't what? remember. We, we don't have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the more important thing is, <laughs> is that Doug uh, and his wife, uh, they planted a church in Youngstown, Ohio called Rust City Church. Um, Doug, what year did you plant that? We planted Rust City in 2011. We actually planted on July 4th weekend. Now, people <laughs> have asked me, what was the significance of planning on July 4th weekend? We didn't know what we were doing, and we wanted to start the church with a bang. Right. So we're like, no bigger bang than July 4th. For real. What we've learned since then is Labor Day, Memorial Day, and the 4th of July are arguably the worst weekends for church attendance in America. <laughs> so we really started on a strong level with that launch. Did your mom come? Oh, 100% she did. Oh, she good, was like good. half our attendance. Yeah, <laughs> half our attendance. You, like your that. wife, and your mom. So, 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 Doug, tell your story just a little bit. You, uh, you're from Youngstown, Ohio. How, how did you find Jesus? How did you get into ministry? Just give us like a little like five-minute kind of synopsis of uh, Doug Garasic. No, no doubt. So I did not grow up in church. Um, I found out later that my, my mom had me when she was 16. So I'm the product of a 16-year-old pregnancy. 80s that wasn't super popular that was, there was no MTV teen mom shows that made it culturally acceptable it's very shameful my grandfather I didn't know him as a Christian growing up but I found out that he was actually an elder at a local Assemblies of God church oh, when my mom was growing up and her having me was really kind of the start of his like deconstruction of his own faith and kind of walking away from the church and it was an ugly so I kind of grew up with like church not being a very popular thing in our house. We never went, uh, maybe a Christmas or Easter time to time, but it was not a part of my DNA. Yeah. Uh, I was in school, uh, not doing well. I actually got expelled from public school my junior year and I was just stuck. I was in a bad spot and uh, a couple significant things happened for me. One, I could finish high school on time if I went to private school. So I couldn't go to another public school in the state of Ohio but if I went to a private school, which the Christian schools would accept me on a sports scholarship. So I ended up going to a Christian school my senior year, lying my way that I was saved. Like, oh, yeah, I love Jesus. He's great. Like, just totally trying to manipulate my way in because I wanted to finish school. And then secondly, I met a girl who I really wanted to engage in not biblically smart things at that time. <laughs> I wanted to cross some lines. And I was trying to get her to like me. And she only wanted to date boys who went to church. So instinctually, I lied to her and said, I went to church. I said, <laughs> oh, I go to church. And she said, what church do you go to? And this is how sly I was. I said, what church do you go to? <laughs> and she told me, I said, I go to that same church. Never been that church in my life. <laughs> and long story short, I ended up going with her to church and hearing the gospel for the first time in my life at 18, like wow. really hearing the gospel and being like, I want to, I want that. And so for six weeks, I forgot about this girl. And for six straight weeks, I showed up at this youth ministry every Wednesday night and just kind of sat in the back and listened to this pastor preach mm. on the sixth week. He gave, he gave a basic salvation call. If you don't know Jesus and you want to come down front and meet him, close your eye, uh, close your, bow your head, close your eye, come down. 
I raised my hand. I came down. I was the only person out of 150 students. It was a large youth ministry. I was the only person to walk down front. And I remember feeling really embarrassed by it because I looked around all these peers that were like looking at me because the secret in church world is when they say, close your eye and bow your head, church people look. And (laughs) I, I remember being embarrassed. And then he knelt with me, the youth pastor led me to Jesus and gave me an opportunity for a fresh start in my life. And I try to encourage pastors today. Don't ever regret uh, altar call, a salvation yeah. call, if only one person says yes. Right. Because right. I was the only one person who said yes on that day. Yeah. Wow. And um, man, that was like the start of my faith journey. I was still messy. I still had addictions and sin to overcome and all the things. Like, I believe that God saved me and some demons were casted out of me. But then there's some demons that needed counseled out of me. Yeah. And I had to invite some discipleship and some pastors in my life. And I ended up doing, I ended up moving away to go do an internship where I kind of didn't know anybody just to like reset my life and get out of my friend circle. And um, I started getting real serious about Jesus over that first couple of years after 18. That led me to become a youth pastor. And then my wife and I planted our church. What internship did you do? I, I started with uh, really an internship where he invited me to say, hey, would you come and just serve with me and basically stacking chairs, setting up, like doing all the grunt labor. Um, we would call that today um, indentured servanthood. I'll feed you Chinese food, but you work for me for 12 hours. <laughs> Sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> and, um, it was awesome. It, for me, it was awesome. I needed to be fully integrated. I needed to watch a godly man when he wasn't on stage being godly. And I needed to see what it looked like off of the stage to follow Jesus. Mm. And so I had a front row seat to him. And then I went to an assemblies of God program called master's commission, which are not really around anymore, but they were pretty popular in the late nineties, early two thousands. And, and that was another version of indentured servanthood, but I I enjoyed (laughs) serving, giving, learning, and really projecting me with some of my relationships 20 years later. I still have to this day. That's awesome. Wow. How long did you do master's commission? A year and a half. And I got kicked out my last semester. So I didn't finish high school. I got kicked out of public school and I got kicked out of Bible college. Um, <laughs> I, I don't super do well in institutionalized education. Um, Gen pop. And I've had to learn that the hard way. But the cool thing was I didn't get kicked out for anything like catastrophic. It was kind of, it was a weird scenario. Uh, but the regardless of it, I got, I get booted and I, what I, what I saw God do in that season was a lot of people got kicked because master's commission was really easy to get kicked out of. Lots of people got booted out of MCs yeah. and, um, across the nation. Uh, and, and, and I saw a lot of them when they got kicked out or they left would go buck wild and go sin and go live like a, like, like, you know what, I'm done with this thing. And they would kind of like revert back to their old ways it was a cool moment for me and God because I get kicked out and I just remember telling the Lord, I've got no one else, but you like that moment yeah. where Peter said to Jesus, yeah. where else shall we go? But yeah. Here. Yeah. I felt that in that moment, like God, if I go back to my old ways, I'm going back to death. Yeah. Even though this isn't how I wanted the situation to unfold, I'm not quitting on you. Hmm. And I felt like for me, that was a very instrumental part of who I became and becoming um, of like a person of character and tenacity and grit versus like when things are not going my way, I'm just going to run. Yeah. So it, it was uh, the def- a defining moment, like another one of those monuments 
the Lord almost needed to do that. Like you needed that to kind of. And I would ownership. and I would say that's who you are today. I mean, you are a man of integrity and grit, and I mean, and discipline, which all yeah. seems to be informed during that time. That's really cool. And, and what's funny is it's kind of like you know how like Jacob was like needed to go through that wrestling moment right. with God, to like, yeah. and he walked differently afterwards. He yeah. walked with a disability after that encounter with an angel. I felt like that was one of my moments of like, Doug, you you need to fully die to yourself, and yeah. you have to let God do this in you right now. And I didn't want it. I was humiliated. I was embarrassed. I was in my last semester to graduate. It was like, why can't I finish things? Yeah. And I just felt like the Lord did a finishing work in me. Yeah. Yeah, that's in good. In that season to really project me to now, you know, that was at age 20. I'm at, uh, currently this podcast, I'm 38, about to be 39. So you're almost 20 years later. Yeah. Um, I, I'm grateful that my epic mistake happened before, because we all have our epic mistakes. Right. Yeah. Mine happened before people were following me and yeah. I could kind of learn the character in my cave moment like David yeah. before I really was like, I got to lead now at a higher capacity. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So speaking of that, how what what was the transition to, okay, now I want to be in ministry and specifically, uh, I want to plant a church in Youngstown, Ohio. What was the what was the story that started that? Yeah. So, um, so I become a youth pastor after I get kicked out of Bible college, which is so provident that God even worked all this out because I didn't think I was awesome. ever going to be in ministry, right. <laughs> you know, that quote unquote, because right. of the situation. Yep. I ended up becoming a youth pastor and totally commit my life to it. And boy, you don't know until you know, but I fell in love with ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, Psalm 69 says that I'm an alien to my brothers and I'm a foreigner to my mother's sons, which I translate that as I just don't always stick I don't always fit in. I'm kind of an oddball. It sticks out. Um, being a ginger, being crazy, all the things that I am, I'm like, yeah, that fits me. Uh, <laughs> and then awesome. He says, but why am I that way? And, and and I love the reveal in Psalm 69. And it says, for the zeal of the house of the Lord consumes me. Yeah. And the insults of those who insult him fall on me. Yeah. So yeah. Basically, I take God's house really personally, that it's my responsibility yeah. to change the narrative of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what it means to be a part of a local community. Wow. So I I discovered that as a youth pastor. And I also discovered that I had a certain makeup that really worked well with people who didn't really like God and didn't really like church. Yeah. Like I just seemed to fit in with misfits. <laughs> yeah. And so it just became part of who I was as a leader. And like, so I, I was a youth pastor of this itty bitty little church, church of a couple hundred and next thing you know, our youth ministry began to eclipse the church in size. Wow. So we started getting a couple hundred plus students showing up on a Wednesday night. And my I was not married at the time. I was so single. I'm this like 23-year-old on fire. God's moving. And like, I don't know what to do with all this. But I started realizing, man, I got a call to, I call them misfit toys. And I even <laughs> joke with our church here at Rust City. I say, man, if you call Rust City your home, congratulations. You're a misfit toy. Like you, don't, <laughs> you don't fit in anywhere else. You fit in with this group of crazy. And <laughs> kind of like a badge of honor tribe thing, you know? And um, and it's we just kind of say, it's okay not to be okay. Like, we're going to figure this thing out together. Yeah. And, and I learned that as a youth pastor. Meet my wife, Stephanie. Get married. Amazing. She She's, uh, you know, she's got worship in her background. She was actually part of the first school of um, Bethel worship. So the really? first year they ever did worship school at Bethel, she actually went through that. Um, some of the people she went to school with are the big name people, you know, um, 
that are part of their leadership now. Uh, she went to one thing at IHOP every year. So she comes from, she grew up in church. She comes from wanting God to move. And I come from, I didn't even know God was real. And now I'm like radical about God reaching people who didn't, yeah. who are like me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we, we found this cool story together. Um, we moved to Columbus because we were both local to Youngstown. We moved to Columbus. We served at a large church out there. And the moment we got out there within a matter of a few months, we began to realize our hearts are in the city that we're from. Yeah. Um, Youngstown's this tough, scrappy, fighting blue collar, kind of for the last 30 years, steadily going in the wrong direction economically. Uh, um, the, the, the kind of the statement for the young people are like, get out as fast as you can yeah. kind of thing. And, and so when we left, our hearts began to break for our city that we, we kind of missed. We missed what it was, even though there's not much to love about it to most people on the outside. We just loved it. And I remember we kept praying that like, and we were making decent money that we wanted to sow a seed into a church plant because we were starting to see church planting become real in the that late uh, 2000s, you know, like 2009, 2010, like church planting became a thing that was kind of more attainable. And um, we were looking actively for a church plant that we could even sow into. We couldn't find one. There was no new church plants in Youngstown for over a decade. Wow. wow. And we felt we heard the Lord say, I'm asking you not to send a seed. I'm asking you to send your life to Youngstown Wow! and go. And so we gave up what we were building at a much larger mega church, nationally known. And we moved back home with nothing except for the clothes and the stuff we could fit in our car. We moved into my parents' basement. That's Talk awesome. about the movie Failure to Launch. Here's me bringing my wife into the basement <laughs> of my parents' house. I'm like, here we go. Um, with our 100-pound Great Dane dog. That's all. We didn't have kids yet. And at 26, we just said, we're going to start this church. We don't know what we're doing. This was kind of before we. there was a lot of networks out there that did a lot of training. That's so good today. It's so healthy to get that information. We were just pioneering a church plant that had like some really cool miracles. I, like, I don't want to like totally take over with this, but yeah, like I'll stop right there. Yeah, no, that's actually perfect because we'll we'll stop right here. We'll take a quick quick break and we'll come right back. And I want to hear those miracles, so it's going to be awesome. All right, well, so this is a live read. Yeah, you know what a live read is? I have no idea. That's where they put ads into podcasts and then you read the ad. Oh, I don't have anything to read, though. I don't either. But I have something. So it's a life say. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's that's a life say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to us about the International House of Prayer University. Yeah, okay. So we are actually filming at IHOPU. That's what we call it. Yeah. The International House of Prayer University. It's a four-year school. You can do one, two, four years, whatever you want to do. One, and two, three, or four. <laughs> can you do three? No, I oh, think not. Uh, maybe I'm can, just kidding. Yeah. You can always stop at the yeah. three. But four is great. And there we have a media school, we have a music school, and we have a ministry school. We wouldn't be doing this podcast without the media school. No. Because Shout out to Leslie. To Leslie, because this Who's is over there. This podcast, Woo! you might not know this, is actually part of her senior project. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing the filming. Doing the filming. It's really great. She, uh, all we the appreciate her. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's got lots of things to work with. Great setup. Good experience. And you know what's even crazier about this uh, live read, live uh, say. say? Yeah. Um, is that we're not getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> we just wanted to do it. We like IHOP You. We like IHOP You, and we think you should come. So if you're looking for a place to come, uh, we also have internships that go for six months here. Um, if, even if you're looking like for like that gap year thing, yeah. where you just want to go somewhere for a year, or you have a young person that wants to go somewhere for a year, 
we suggest IHOPU. Yes. Come join us here. All right, let's get back to this interview. Okay, so one of the things that I loved about your testimony was that where I'm seeing, you know, again, at the theme, one of the themes that we've seen throughout this podcast of that you were talking about being the misfit and the mis- the misfit toys. And we we talked about how that's who Jesus comes to. Yeah. Like he comes yeah. to the misfit broken people. Like almost it's it's provoked me in the last six, seven, eight months yeah. of like, oh, I want to find the people that Jesus comes to and Give them Jesus. Yeah. You know, like, who are you going to go to? Who are you going to be with that so so that so that I can encounter you in, in this place? Because this is who you come to. This is yeah. who you love. And I want to give Jesus so I can see Jesus. And so hearing that even as your perspective of your church of like, hey, we're I want to give Jesus to to people who wouldn't necessarily have him. And and I love that. So would you tell us in this next little bit here, would you tell us about your church and what's what's going on? What's the Lord doing? Uh, you, you, we were talking about some miracles happening. What are what's happening? <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, you know, I think what makes you unique makes you powerful. Hmm. And I think too often we want to run to what is like, well, I want to fit in with everyone else versus identifying this is what's unique about me. And that's wonderful. God fearfully and wonderfully made that. And if I lean into that, it makes me more powerful with what God has called me to do. Mm. Uh, so often we want to fit in, but maybe God's calling you really to stand out. Yeah. Um, but uh, our church, so so we, we want to get started. My wife and I are 26. We move home, parents' basement, whole thing. And we have no idea how to start a church. Like it dawned on us after we quit our jobs and moved into the basement. We're like, what are we doing? How do we do this? <laughs> like what has happened and <laughs> right. and talk about not thinking through something. So <laughs> I began to pray and my wife kicked me out of my parents' basement. Cause she could tell I started getting a little depressed. Cause I thought, what have I just done? And, and I've drug my wife into this thing. I so feel like I every church planner has this moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, immediately like you get inspired, right? Zach, you're like, yeah. I can do this. And then you're like, yeah. what did I just say? What did I just do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Where am I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does that. The Lord tends to do that. Yes. He kind of tricks you sometimes. <laughs> well, do you think you'd do it if you had all the details of Never. how to get there? Right. Never. Yeah. No. Except okay. Jesus. He does. Heart yeah. pass. <laughs> um, so my wife kicks me out of the house. I go meet, and this is a this is something I really encourage people to think about. When you're in that space, who are your mentors and pastors and leaders that can speak into your life? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think in the American church in particular, we get this John Wayne syndrome of like, I've got to figure all this out on my own. I got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I got to do. And I think it's good for us to stop and say, God, you've strategically placed some pastors and some leaders and some mentors in my life for a reason. Yeah. And let me go get the wisdom of their counsel in this moment. I'm not uh, getting an affirmation from them. If this is you, I'm asking them to speak into the strategy of where I'm trying to go. Yeah. And right. And so I met with one of my, one of my spiritual mentors. He's like a business guy was not a pastor, but he's a godly man. uh, The wealthiest person I knew. And and I, I just knew this guy, he's open. He had like 27 facilities. He had 1700 employees across all these companies he owns. I'm a very successful guy, mentored me early on when I was in my early 20s. And so I met with him when we moved home and he was asking me, what are you doing? I said, we're going to plant a church. He said, cool. Where? I said, I don't have an idea. <laughs> so he shows me his brand new 
multi-million dollar headquarters that he built for his company to house about a hundred of his executive level employees. I'm talking wood bamboo floors. Wow. I'm talking bougie, bougie, <laughs> bougie. I'm talking they look Three down bougies. on target. Like you like <laughs> like hold my drink, Target. You ain't got this. <laughs> it was bougie. If you know furniture, there's a furniture company called Restoration Hardware. Yeah. Google it if you do not. That's their whole office was outfitted with Restoration Hardware. That's awesome. Stupid. He's showing it to me. What do you think of our new office building? I said, it's amazing, dude. And he had a little 70-seat conference room in his office building. And he said, so where are you going to start this church? I said, I don't know. I said, I I said, I should just start it here. And I give him a smirk. (laughs) <laughs> he says, I would love that. I would love you to. <laughs> and your job. What do you drops. think about really doing it? And then I start trying to talk him out of it. <laughs> I said, dude, I got to tell you the truth. The type of people I'm going to bring to this space will probably steal half the things in this space. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is awesome. Like, That's who you, you are. You don't know what you're saying to me. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm a hood rat at heart. I'm gonna bring some. I'm gonna bring some kids who ain't got a future. Are gonna see some of this stuff and steal it. Okay. <laughs> and he laughed amazing. and he said, "Dude, uh, he said, what can you afford to rent it off me?" And I said the first sarcastic thing that could pop in my head. I said, "Well, I can start at a dollar. Where do you need to be at?" <laughs> and he said to me, the moment he said the question, he felt the Holy Spirit say. Whatever comes out of his mouth, give it to him for a year. Whoa. And That's so a big me, deal. my sarcasm actually worked out. <laughs> and, and, and he said, God just told me to give it to you for that. So I literally handed him a dollar. Wow. And he said, you can use this space now every weekend. You can leave some of your stuff here because they had some room for that. Wow. And, and use it and start your church here. And I remember the moment that conversation happened, it was so divine for me. And I went from... Earlier that day in the basement with my wife. It's so interesting. People and perspectives can change yeah. so fast. Really quickly. Yeah. That morning, what have we done? I've made a mistake. So dumb. I've I've literally screwed up. Yeah. To that afternoon, God, you are for us who can be against us. Yeah. Come on. You are doing a new Let's thing go. in our lives. Nobody's gonna stop the move of God. Like, like <laughs> one day my perspective changed. <laughs> And it's all because of the power of a great relationship wow. in, in, a, in a moment, yeah. right? And it just worked. And so we jumped on that and we started it. And and the first meeting we held was two weeks later. So this is how it happened. I text everybody on my phone. I went through my phone and anybody in Youngstown that I knew wasn't already plugged into a church. Very key. I was not shopping other church right, people. Right, right. I text I'm going to start a new thing for the community and I'd like you to consider being a part of it. If you're interested, meet me at this address on Saturday night. Wow. <laughs> 14 people showed up. <laughs> That's, That's it. Awesome. That's it. That's there you awesome. Go. <laughs> I cast a vision. People were moved by it. They're like, we want this. And our motto has always been forget religion, find God. And we want to help you move towards a new possible. Yeah. There's a new possible in your marriage, a new possible in your future, a new possible you can just fill in the blanks. Right. And yep. so we want to forget religion, what is all the rules of, re- of God, and we want you to find a relationship with him. Yeah. And we want that to move you towards this action of a new possible in your life. Yeah. And so we cast that. People are moved by it. Wow. Um, and they said, when do you want to start? 
And I was like, how does next week work for you guys? It's <laughs> amazing. Once again, no idea. Yeah, no idea. But like, all right. And I said, but I have one criteria, one thing. Bring if fireworks. You can't bring it. Yeah, if you can't bring one thing, don't come at all because I don't need you right now. I need you to bring somebody who does not know Jesus next week to this thing. Wow. That's awesome. 60 people came the next week. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. I preached gospel. We got him saved. We said, you are the start of this church. You're our church plant team now. Wow. That's awesome. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, it's incredible to me that that's how it started because the story has just been amazing ever since then. I mean, obviously there's been ebbs and flows and ups and downs, but, but the, here's, here's what I mean by amazing ever since then. It's not necessarily the number of the people in the room or the amount of buildings or anything like that. What's been amazing is the impact you've had in your community has been, uh, I mean, you guys are a real mainstay in Youngstown. And, uh, and the way that you've been involved in schools and the way that you do outreaches, just talk about some of that a little bit, because uh, I, 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 it's inspiring to me just how involved you guys are in the city of Youngstown. Yeah, well, I, I had a thought a few years back, and, and I thought most people's view of, I always think about church through the lens of people who don't go. Yeah. And I always want to ask the question, why? Yeah. What, what, what does it not do for you that I believe the gospel will do for you? Yeah. yeah like something about church is a disconnect. Yeah. And some of the things that I felt like I was hearing and learning and, and, and just communicating was like, churches are all about you coming to them. Churches don't go to you. Yeah. And, and, and church is all about you fully being about their thing and them not caring about anything else going on in the community. Yeah. And I asked myself a question. If Rust City left today, if we packed up shop and moved, right? Like, like, let's move to Naples, Florida. Now, personally, I say yes and amen. <laughs> Old, miserable, young sound weather to Hawaii, yes, Lord. But we're here. And here's a question I ask. If we left today, outside of those who attend on Sundays, who would care in our community if we closed? Hmm. Who would feel like, man, we're not better off? Yeah. Like, who feels like we're better off because Rust City, out of all the communities on the planet, out of all the cities in America, God chose them to be here, and it's special for us to have them here. Yeah. Every community has a niche restaurant, a niche market, a niche store that you're like, that's our thing. Like, that's yeah. our city's whatever. Yeah. And I kind of wanted people to take that ownership of Rust City, even if you didn't go to our church. You're like, that's ours. Right. That's yeah. like a... That's a proud thing we have in our in our community. We have Rust City here. Nowhere else, it's here. Yeah. yeah. And I want to become a destination location in the sense of like, what value do we bring to the community, even to those who don't even attend our church? Yeah. So we got very serious about adopting schools and, and doing programs in the schools, um, even going as far as like putting on full production with our team and our volunteers like almost like what our kids team would do for a big weekend. We're yeah. doing these in the schools for like seven, 800 kids in the inner city, like awesome. putting on and, and bringing full characters and feeding them and making a teacher's lounge with masseuses and gift cards. And, no way. Lots of they can go in to grab as many supplies as they want in 30 seconds. They're going wow. crazy having fun. And they're like, who are you people? And we're like, <laughs> we just want to, we just, I always said my dream job as a pastor is to, is to somehow summon the spirit of Oprah Winfrey in me and give away baby whales to everybody all the time. <laughs> I love the generosity of the gospel. Like, 
you can't, des- you didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. And we want to give it in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. And so we try to do that in the schools. We try to do that with our, our feeding programs. Like we, we found out just recently, we feed more people in our County than any other program in our entire, in our entire district. Wow. Wow. We have more people being fed that have food scarcity from Russ city than any other distribution agency within like, I don't know how many 40, 50 miles. Wow. Um, it's intense. And like, we just feel like we're a bunch of kids having fun still. <laughs> we're making this like major impact in these meaningful ways. And, um, but it's about meeting people where they are instead of asking people to get cleaned up and come to us. Yeah, that's good. Well, one of the things that I love, uh, cause I've watched your, uh, to, I've never been to your church in person, um, but I've watched your web stream many times. And I love that when I when I tune in at any point in time in your service, it looks like the people that live in Youngstown. Like there is just, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way. No, you, no, oh yeah, you're laughing. They're beautiful like, people. <laughs> I just, <laughs> Youngstown, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. No, what I mean is, is it just it does look like just regular people. It doesn't look. I We're mean, salt of the earth people. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't look like there's like a huge production that's been put on on them. You know what I mean? I mean, they do an amazing production for their web stream, but I just love them. Like, oh, this looks like a like I, I could see is someone having courage to get up there and sing. That's because awesome. they they're giving them courage to get up there. Like it, it was, it's really cool to watch. It's really sweet. What well, has been the? It does, you, if you're gonna say you're a place for misfits, yeah, and you can't you can't have the beautiful people on stage only, and the right. non beautiful people are just watching. Right. right. Like, <laughs> some of us, some of us, uh, uh, garden trolls got to come out every once in a while too. Be like, ah, I'm here. You know? That's me. I'm like, I'm with you guys. Let's go. You know? That's amazing. Uh, so your wife's uh, your wife Stephanie. She um, so she did the Bethel School of Music, and she's done been your worship leader. But recently, she's been preaching a ton, right? How's that yeah, going? Man, have, I can't. I mean, the rebukes I'm getting for putting a woman on stage to preach—it's unbelievable, right? Really? Now. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So she here's a but people don't realize is. Every message I've preached, I've probably preached to her before anyone else. <laughs> and she is so gifted at, 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 at study and like oh, fact checking me a little bit. She's like, yo, like, are you sure that's scriptural? I'm like, well, I thought it was. Hold on for a second. You know, let's, let's think about this a little. And, um, and so for years, she has been the iron sharpening the iron for me yeah. off stage. Wow. And I've been asking her, I said, would, I, I, I realized at a certain point she was going to do it because I asked her. I said, you know yeah. what I'm going to ask you? I'm asking you to pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to do, yeah. which is like the, the, the ace right there. Like, let the Lord deal with you because I'm done dealing with you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, she said, I don't want to do this, but I do sense the Lord's inviting me to teach. And I would encourage anybody, if, there were, if you got on YouTube to watch Russ City, you're listening to this, you're like, okay, I want to check him out. And there's a, there a thumbnail with her on it or the thumbnail with me on it, click on hers. You will be more blessed <laughs> yeah. and get more out of it listening to her than you ever would me. She is rich and deep and insightful to the word. And I'm telling, I'm like, do not sleep on this girl. She has got a gift. Wow, I love teach. that. She just is not braggy and look at me. And she is just like a, I'm just, I just love the Lord. And she really does. That's beautiful. We need that right now. We need female voices in yeah. the church so desperately. So it just encourages me so much that she's stepping out and, and because I mean, I'm, you're a competitor of mine in a, in a different <laughs> sphere. So I don't want to be too nice to you, but you're, a, you're a really phenomenal preacher. And so for you to say that about your wife actually speaks volumes. So no, 
I sit back and listen to her teach and I listen to her preach. And I'm like, she is so much better than she ever gives herself credit for. Wow. She is so good at this. That's amazing. And I will be honest with you. I can love somebody and let them know that is not your spiritual gift. Like, <laughs> I love you. Like, I know I love singing, but let me be very clear. The Bible has a term for me. It's called a joyful noise. Right? <laughs> I mean, a joyful noise to the Lord. It should not be microphone when I try to sing. Um, you got to have some self-awareness. And for her, when she's preaching, I'm like, I would not just, uh, this might cross a line. So you can edit this if you want to cut this out of the uh, podcast. <laughs> There's some people who put their wives on stage uh-huh. because it's their wife. Yes. And it's like, well, why not? Yeah. But they don't really have the gift for that. Right. I would not put her on stage or invite her into that space for the flock to receive if I did not really see the gift of God on her life. Wow. And I really do. Uh, outside so what of you're her saying, my wife, she can stand alone. What you're <laughs> saying is we should have asked her to come on and talk <laughs> to her about this. You should have. You wouldn't <laughs> the jokes, though. You okay? missed this. Yeah. Doesn't have the jokes. Doesn't have the jokes. (laughs) What we should have done is have them both on. Yeah, that's what we should have done. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Zach. (laughs) It's amazing. Goodness. (laughs) Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to hear about uh, from you. We want to ask you the question, what do you think God is saying to the church in America as a whole right now? So let's take a quick break. So here we are in Kansas City. Yeah. Doing a live read. Doing a live read, doing this, you know, pitch. We're just we're just reading the script right now. We are. Here's my script. Here's an ad in the middle of this amazing conversation. No, it's the overflow of my heart. Yes. And actually what I'm thinking about today and what I want to ask you about is you have some courses that you are coming out with. Yes. Specifically for local church pastors. So so both. Uh, so specifically for local church pastors, there's um, some coaching materials that are coming out in terms of how to build a praying church and build your church around prayer. So you can check that out, sign up for that, but also um, how to uh, how to pray. Um, doing some different courses on on the subject of prayer, the subject of devotional prayers, how to pray with your kids, how to pray That's with awesome. a family. And so uh, those are all going to be available. Um, it, it you know it depends on when this ad airs. They will either <laughs> be up right now or they will be available soon. But what you can do is you can go to zachhensley.com, Z-A-C-K. I'm not a Zach. I'm a Zach. Z-A-C-K Hensley, ZachHensley.com, and there will be a little box that you can drop your email in, or you'll be able to buy the courses if they're there, but you can drop your email and sign up, and it's going to be fun. ZachHensley.com. ZachHensley.com. Visit it. All right. Well, let's get back to this interview with probably some really awesome stuff happening. All right, we're back. And uh, Doug, so we've been asking pastors this question uh, that come on the show. And one of the reasons why this is one of our favorite questions is because we're kind of getting a read on what God is saying in general to the church, not just uh, from the perspective of guys on the ground. Yeah. And uh, you're there in Youngstown, Ohio, and obviously you know what God is saying for your church. But as pastors, we all kind of look around, look up and go, God, what are you saying to the broader church? Yeah. And uh, the church in America, especially in this time, there's there's so many rumors of bad things happening and so many different r- scales, and Barna Research is making us all feel amazing <laughs> with the stats they're dropping about people leaving the church. And uh, in the midst of all of that, what, what's been on your heart as you, uh, pass, as a pastor, look at the church in America? It's a great question, Zach. I know I'll just speak for me personally, and maybe it can echo into other people's thoughts and maybe it either affirms or challenges some things. Yeah. Um, I know for me, 
I feel a conviction to quit giving people too many passes on what it means to really follow Jesus. Oh, that's good. I feel like one of the reasons why Christianity has become so watered down is we have stopped holding people. Now, I'm not talking about people who aren't Christian. I'm talking about Christians. Yeah. We've stopped holding them accountable to like live a way that models Christ that others want to follow. And I think the term Christianity in the Western culture is being thrown around with such irreverence and such lack of care. Like, I'm not a serious person, but I do take my faith seriously. And I find that there's too many people out there who want to punch it in on a Sunday, go to church, get the, I call it get your gold star for attendance, feel like you did God a favor. I, I came, I showed up. Instead of saying, God, you are the treasure that I have searched for. You are everything. How dare I not live surrendered? How dare I not give you my time, my talent, my treasure? Yeah. And I think that what the world needs, what, what, what the church needs to find again, is a little bit of their backbone. Mm. Not to be a bigot, not to focus on the things that we hate, but to focus on what we love in modeling a behavior we want to see repeated. Yeah. I think, and if I can speak really candidly, I think Muslims do this better than Christians do. Yeah. Like they're like, this is a standard. This is who yeah. we are. This is what we're about. Yeah. And they train their children. They love their children. They, yeah. they correct their children. <laughs> and I think so often we have forgotten that like truth isn't always going to make me feel good. Yeah. Right. Truth isn't always going to be comfortable. Sometimes truth is going to hurt a little bit. It's going to challenge me. The gospel is offensive, but then the grace of God brings us in when we could not bring ourselves in. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. getting yeah. a sense that if the American church doesn't wake up and doesn't start getting its authority back and getting its like, we got to speak truth and love to people. And that's not always going to be what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. We're going to find ourselves diluting and diluting and diluting and diluting to a place where people are like, you know what? Why? Why? It's just a community. It's just a club. Right. There's no yeah. power there. There's no yeah. Yeah. It's the having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. we're going through the motions, but we're not actually seeing life change. Right, happen. right. But then and, the gospel, gospel has no no effect there. Like there's no point yeah. of the resurrection. There's no point of the cross. Why are we doing it? Right. This, so there's good. too many rules in this club if it's just a club. Yeah. I would rather party. I'd rather <laughs> have a great time. For me, it makes sense if it's going to transform me right. from the inside. Yeah. yeah. If I and find I my identity church. here. Yes, the American church has got to get back to a place where we're challenging people to lay their lives down and their agendas and pick up the agenda of the cross and pick up the agenda right. of Jesus. Yeah, right. That's right. And, and I think we've gotten scared to lose people or get canceled. Yeah. And here's the problem. You're slowly getting canceled. Uh, that's, oh man, that's a word. Right? That's a word. Like you're yeah. slowly becoming yeah. irrelevant. I'd rather you just either... When I read my Bible, tell me if I'm wrong, Zach, you are much more of a scholar than I am, my friend. This so is where he's going. <laughs> Every time I read my Bible about Jesus, he did one of two things. He caused revival or riot. Yeah, that's right. I never saw Jesus. Um, I never heard anybody be like, that was a really nice message. Yeah. That was sweet. Yeah. Like, what? A, what? A, let me golf clap him. Yeah. They either want to crucify him or they said, forgive me and save my life. Yeah. Yeah. 
honestly, yeah. you're talking Revelation 3, the Laodicean church, yeah. which is interesting. Oh, We've been talking about this. Yeah. It's because, because you're neither hot nor cold, and sometimes we think of those as like good or bad. No, it's oh. like there's a purpose for hot and there's a purpose for cold. Right. And because you're not one or the other, I have to spew you out. You have no, there's, there's nothing here for you. Like you can't, whatever. And that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what, I, I guess it's been my ax to grind. Like, so we're doing this podcast just to give some people some context. We're doing this podcast the week after Easter. Yeah. Yep. So all of our churches, uh, like manifested doubling, right? Like, right. wow, double. <laughs> and then this weekend coming up, I will call this weekend coming up Thanos weekend, which means a finger snap and half the population just <laughs> Thanos weekend. I know My that reference. Why does that happen? Right. And I have to think there's a deeper illness here than just <clears throat> more people populated our community overnight. Yeah. Yeah. We have conditioned people to think that we're impressing God by showing up on Christmas and Easter. Yeah. And yeah. you're not impressing him. Right. Right. So I, my, our staff just did a, like a little bit of a, a follow-up from Easter kind of combo. And one of my team members brought up, they said, I want to thank you, pastor. And I mean this, I'm not trying to brown nose you. I want to thank you. Your message this weekend it was Easter Sunday was the least Easter Sunday. Nice message I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and, and I, we laughed. I said, I'm slowly becoming that grumpy old pastor. Where I'm just like, bah, you know, <laughs> because I'm sick and tired of this idea that we're telling people you're just doing so great. You showed up once or twice a year. Jesus is so proud of you. Right. There's you're a higher call that make, make him proud of you, but sooner or later, you got to get off the milk and get on some steak, my friend. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Like, be about this thing. Yeah. I love the phrase that you said, though, of the his grace brings us in where we cannot bring ourselves in. It is by his blood that we have access. It is by his blood that we overcome. Right. The blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony that we overcome. So many more crazy things are going to happen in our lives. We're not going to be able to overcome without it. And we need that practice now. We need that transformation now, that full repentance, which I feel like has been a theme in these last, yes. I mean, it's it's always been a theme, but especially highlighted yeah. in these last three, four years that, hey, come, return, repent, come to my way, come to my table, the Lord saying, come, come and dine with me here, but and I'm going to bring you in by my grace and power. All you have to do is say, okay, I'll do it your way. That's well, all you have to do. And isn't that what the, I mean, that's what the word repentance means. Right. The word repentance means to turn and go a different direction. Yeah. And so you haven't repented if you haven't turned and right. gone a different direction in your right. life. That's not repentance. You didn't repent then. Right. If if you're still walking in the same direction, then you haven't repented. I, I, I It's one of my like preacher one-liners, but like I always say that like, God is not something we add to our life. It's an atomic bomb that we set off in our life. Yeah. It obliterates everything and rebuilds something new. Yeah. Like it's, it's uh, what we sign up for when I actually, you know, and my favorite quote is, is uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, it just, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. It's interesting. You said the thing about uh, Muslims because uh, I was uh, at a prayer retreat, uh, not a prayer retreat, a prayer conference for pastors in Atlanta in February. We're having this long conversation about how do we get prayer back in churches to where, you know, our churches are built around prayer. It's something that like in the middle of the conference, I paused and I went, I can't believe we're having a conference about this. 
Like, I can't believe we're having a conference where prayer is something that needs to be central within the church. Like, it's like because how... it's so been out. Yeah. How, how, how did we get to the place where this is like something we're talking about needing and, and we're... Uh, but as, as I'm at the airport on the way for home from the conference, there was this man, um, uh, this Muslim man who stopped in the middle of the terminal, rolled out his uh, carpet, got down... And he just did his prayer, you know, his prayer thing, the kneel down, up and down, up, down, up. And I was like, you know, how, how is it that I have no problem with him doing that? And actually none of us do because we just expect Muslims to be men of prayer, but we don't expect Christians to be men of prayer. We don't expect Christians to be men and women of prayer. We don't expect that of them. It, and, and it's so amazing that we don't because that should be exactly what we're known for and it should be who we are. Not just a prayer, but of you know what Doug's talking about in your community and loving and serving and living like Jesus. There should be something different about us. We should be what Paul calls us, peculiar people. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got a new word, peculiar people. I, <laughs> I like that world. Uh, I'll say this. Every time Jesus did anything and somebody was like, okay, I'm signing up for your team. He always said, hey, you're forgiven. Go sin no more. But more times than not, with Peter, with all, follow me. Yeah, Follow right. me. And I think this is a part of the American church that gets so frustrating for me. It's like, we all want to get out of hell card. We all want a rescue, which we all needed at one time. I yeah. get that. Yeah. But then we, for, we forsake the le- next part of it, which is like, now follow me. And, and we know all the disciples followed him to their death. Yeah. And you can't have a resurrection if you don't die first. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's too many people who are still living their old lives, but calling themselves followers of Jesus. And I just am believing for the church to find its voice again and it to live in a way that is so transformative that your neighbors want what you have. Yeah. People yeah. want peace in storms. Yeah. They want uh, uh, to see somebody who's able to handle the stresses of life and know that there's a God who's for them, not against them. People are desperate to see the manifestation yeah. of the gospel, but yet we don't show it yeah. because right. half of us haven't been transformed by it. Yeah, right. that's right. And ironically, we get transformed in prayer. Right. I mean, that's not ironic, but it's like in this place of of sitting and dining with the Lord over the word, like having conversation with God over the word in the secret place, go into your room and shut the door and I will see you. I will be there with you. You know, like growing in that relationship is where that transformation happens over time. Yeah. You know, Doug, uh, you're a pretty well-traveled person just in, I mean, you, you, you speak at a lot of things, travel pretty often, and the reason why I ask that is, is as you're traveling, as you're interacting with churches around America, what what are some of the things you're seeing positive in terms of guys catching this? Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of pastors realized pre-COVID, yeah, that we were focused on butts in the seats, not yeah. transformation within the heart. Yeah. And now I'm sensing, and I'm seeing a lot of guys just getting back to the basics of like, man, what? A great question I like someone to think about is, what helps you? D- transform in the gospel? What key things happened in your life and what key people were around you? Yeah. And I think for a lot of us pastors, we're guilty of, we are drawing lots of crowds for a Sunday morning and trying to fill it up and build more buildings and get more campuses and all those things. But we maybe missed the mark of, hold on for a second. 
it's not about how many people I can reach. It's how well I can reach that individual. Yeah. And how well can I come alongside somebody and how can I model the behavior I want to see repeated? So I've been seeing pastors all over the country just get a repassion a, a re for like the basics. Like, like you talk about prayer. How about fasting? Yeah. How about yeah. like, like, right. like, 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 like challenging your people for prayer and fasting moments and calling the church to sacred and holy spaces? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm seeing there to be a desire for less of the noise, less of the hype. Yeah. And more of that like manifestation of God moving again in our lives. That's so cool. Uh, Doug, do you have uh, any last words you would say with us of people listening who are, are praying for the church, wanting to be encouraged by the church? Any, any, any last words, any last things? Yeah. Put you on the spot. I, if I could say to people attending and then people leading the church. Yeah. People attending, give your pastor some grace. Mm, that's good. She's a human being. She's a human being. They are Clark Kent as much as you wish they are Superman. Yeah. <laughs> they just are a normal person like you, and they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Give them grace. Yeah. If you find words leaving your mouth that are not edifying or encouraging about your church or leadership, they're not wrong. You are. Hmm. You need to look in the mirror and say, God, deal with this area of my heart that yeah. is desiring conflict, gossip, slander. Yeah. Forgive me. God, you don't work with people that act that way. Yeah. Secondly, to the pastor who's just feeling like I tuned in today and I don't think I have much left in me, you've got a lot more in you than you thought you did. Yeah. That this moment will be a catalyst to your future. And God is inviting you to trust him, even though these outside circumstances don't look like you should trust God. Yeah. Remember, if you're here, read Hebrews chapter 12. God disciplines those that he loves. Yeah, so if good. you're feeling disciplined, if you're feeling stretched, that's a good thing. You're not an illegitimate child. God loves you as his own kid. Yeah. So take a new grip with your tired hand and stand firm on your shaky legs. So I want to encourage you, if you're leading church right now, don't quit. God will do something through this time in your life. Amen. That's amazing. I love that. Uh, Doug has a couple books out. I just want to, I want to promote these here real quick. One was right behind your head for leaders, right? We got that. The leader. What is it? What is it called? Becoming, Becoming the, leader. the leader. You would actually follow. There you go. So he's got that, and he's got uh, another. Uh, there's another couple books. I think two other books, correct? Yeah, I've got a book called Notorious and a book called Wayside. Both yes. are out of biblical stories that I really extracted and took a deep dive into. Yeah, and um, yeah, they're just they're beautiful. They're so the book, if they right? were wanting to look for those, is there like a website we could draw them to? They can go anywhere. I think the best place to go is my my own website, my name, DougGarassic.com. But you can get them on Amazon, okay. Barnes & Noble, all those kind of spaces. Maybe not this one. I don't know if this one's released yet anywhere else. But the other two you can get on the main places you get books. That's beautiful. Cool. All right. Yeah, I encourage you to check those out. Uh, check out Rust City Church uh, on YouTube or online. It's awesome what they're doing over there. Doug, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. Thank you. talking <laughs> with you. All right. This has been the Beautiful Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very we much. We ask that you would like, subscribe, share. Do all those things. Do all the things that you're supposed to do. You know what to do. Yes. You hit that little like thumbs up button. Hit the bell. Hit yeah, the bell. hit the bell for notification. What is that for? The notifications. notifications. Does anybody turn those on? One. I would never turn those on. But, but you we should. want you to. We want <laughs> you to. Um, all of the things, it would really bless us if you left a review because- uh, Make that, a comment. Yeah, make a comment. Uh, any sort of interaction. Uh, 
Um, if you could go on to Spotify, press play, uh, and then <laughs> Apple Podcast, press play. If you could, if you could have this on in your house while That's you're not awesome. there. Uh, it's it's awesome. great. It blesses us, right? Because, you know, we get to play. In fact, we don't even care about you. No, Zach. <laughs> we just want you to press play. That's all we're here no, for. No, no, I'm just no. kidding. I'm just kidding. It's always weird to do these. But either way, follow us on all of our social medias. This is going to be a fun journey. and We're honestly, genuinely glad that you're a part of it. So we'll talk to you soon.